Hey, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Southside Trap Podcast, a podcast that helps you stay on side with the Chicago Red Stars. It's your girl, Sandra. Ready to dive back into our Days of Red Stars past rewatch series. We're going to hit you all with the final episode of this series. We are both uh, sad and excited to kind of put this to rest, put it to a close. It's been it's been a it's been a ride, guys, going through all this with you and a journey, and of course, doing it not alone. Wink, wink. I'm here today with my friend, homie, and colleague Claire Watkins, aka the Scam Originator. How are you doing today, Claire? Yeah, I'm okay. I feel kind of crazy this week. I'm gonna be honest. Like every morning, I wake up and I'm like, I feel insane. I feel like my brain is melting completely. Um, it's humid today. It's, it is. I was just outside. It's very muggy. It's very humid today. And uh, we hopped on this call. We hopped on this pod knowing that we were going to close this series out and we were content planning and charting things out. And similar to our last episode, which I want to shout everyone out for um, coming along with us on that ride where we went through the Kristen Press era and paid uh, homage to her as a player and her time as a Red Star during some real strife and some real things that are happening within our country and uh, specific cities throughout the nation right now. And uh, part of that is maybe why we were feeling some type of way on top of everything else. And for those listening, maybe you're also feeling some type of way about it still. And that's okay, because guess what? Things are still happening. Things are still going on. Uh, We're still living in a moment of a pandemic. You know, we're still dealing with, you know, uh, the COVID-19 virus, you know, on top of systematic racism and other institutionalized issues that we have to take a look at. And I know, Claire, for you and I, you know, we wanted to try to take a look at those things. And I think we were taking a look at what we do here and how we could try to, you know, find a way to get involved right? Not so much play our part because our parts will really never be over. I want people to understand that what you're feeling and and what you're learning and probably maybe also unlearning is going to be a really long journey. It's going to be a forever journey. And uh, I want to thank you if you are putting yourself on that journey and I hope you continue that journey. So we were like, how can we sort of bridge these things together? What can we do to try to do our part? So because we have so many awesome people who chose to be our patrons, uh, we wanted to make a series of donations and we did that. And we want to try to challenge everyone else out there if they are able, of course, um, to maybe go ahead and do that. And Claire, I know we want to highlight a special one on this episode right now. Yeah, we so we were talking about this the other day about how um, this happened really briefly on social media. I think that everyone who participated in in it only kind of put it on their stories. But um, I I believe, and again, this is not an official report. This is just what we saw on Instagram. The team hasn't really highlighted this at all. So I don't know exactly what the background is, but um, uh, Chicago Red Stars players, a group of Chicago Red Stars players raised um, $1,800 to spend. And they went to the grocery store and they spent that money on resources for the food and resource insecure on Chicago's South side. Um, which I think a lot of you who live in the city have noticed that a lot of the conversation actually um, surrounding giving, whether it's to, to bail funds or to community organizations, a lot of that actually has been directed by community leaders towards these types of funds. Um, 
because we do live in a city that is very segregated, deeply socioeconomically segregated. And there are people who are food and resource insecure every day. And part of continuing the work is making sure that we take care of them. And so, um, the red stars did it. I, I believe, um, again, this is just on tags, Emily Boyd and Hannah Davison were the two main players tagged in that post. I believe Sarah Gordon, uh, Vanessa Bernardo, Danny Colaprico, and Casey Short were also involved. If there were other players who were involved and just, you know, uh, I didn't see them on kind of that tag tree, I apologize. But um, I think that was really cool that the players took it upon themselves to do that, especially when they work for an organization that doesn't really have any money right now to divert themselves to anything like that. So um, them kind of passing that along, I thought was very cool. And I also then wanted to pivot this into um, – an organization that if you live in Chicago or even if you just want to support uh, the resource and food insecure on the Chicago South side or a number of really uh, good causes here, I highly recommend donating to the Brave Space Alliance, which is the first Black-led, trans-led LGBTQ center located on the South side of Chicago, dedicated to creating and providing affirming, culturally competent, for us, by us, resources, programming, and services to LGBTQ individuals on the South and West sides of the city. Obviously, it is also Pride Month, um, and uh, the first Pride was a riot, so let's keep it going. Uh, and then I think I also just wanted to mention a little bit um, that part of the reason I feel so crazy this week is because I think one of the things that we're also seeing as kind of a ripple effect of what's been going on the last couple of weeks is we have some people who feel empowered to speak plainly about microaggressions and structural racism in their own workplaces. And we have issues with that in women's soccer. We really do. Um, and it's a balance to say like, why was it okay until now? What can we do to help? What are things that we can do? And I just think that part of that is um, there has to be a level of honesty before we can even get to the point of action. And so I just encourage, I just encourage you guys to um, reflect on how we perpetuate racist systems within this space. Uh, I encourage you to be skeptical of allies and allyship and the people around you who create this space because women's soccer is not a cause. Causes are causes. And um, we always have to be constantly doing the own work to reflect on ourselves as fans and as media and to hold our institutions to higher standards. Um, and so that is also part of the work that needs to be done because um, part of being an ally um, is never letting yourself get comfortable. So um, I guess I kind of wanted to say that as well, because <laughs> there are things about this space that are not as good as a lot of people would like to believe. And we need to be having those conversations um, in an open and honest way. And I'm not trying to take anybody down, but um, you never know who might feel empowered to speak up due to the level of organizational solidarity from the supporters of this team. And so I think that that is maybe just what I encourage you guys stay vocal, stay encouraging. Um, and yeah, let voices be heard, I guess. Yeah. And I know that shout out to the players that you mentioned. I, I know that like you had mentioned, it was just via social media channels. It was kind of on their stores. It's not something that you see on their grid. Um, and for whatever reason, we haven't seen the front office uh, 
you know, highlight that or acknowledge their work. But I think it also speaks really highly of those players that just sort of take it upon themselves to do it, not necessarily for the clout, but for the cause. And um, I also really felt some type of way knowing that these resources were going to be within communities in the South side. And I just want to, this is the time in the episode where I reemphasize that this is the South side trap podcast. And it is a podcast about the Chicago red stars. And when it came to picking a name for this podcast, I wanted to make a play on soccer and the offside rule. And I wanted to pay homage to where I'm from. And that is the South side. And, um, while everyone is doing all of that learning and if, you know, especially within this city, if you're local to this city and you're talking about that black lives matter. And if you do believe that, then you need to remember that the South side of Chicago and the West side of Chicago, absolutely 100% matter. So shout out to Brave Face Alliance once again, and shout out to everyone who is trying again to find a way to be involved. So with that, let's wrap up this days of red stars past series you guys let's keep it low we're going to talk about some semi-final losses yeah it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be an episode um but we're also gonna have some fun with it because we like to try and still have some fun with things uh, even if they might not always feel so good but there's a number of semifinals that we have to go through with everyone uh throughout a watch guide for everyone claire put together everything which is basically just finding those links to the semifinals that yeah. the Red Stars participated in. I was just like, here's how the year ended. 15, 16, 17, yep. 18, 19. Bing, bang, boom. And that's what it is. So for us, uh, with everything going on, we knew that we wanted to sort of dive into this episode a certain type of way. So we actually uh, managed to take in two specific semifinals because we were like, you know what, let's maybe do part of this together because no one can do anything alone, right? So we decided to very safely and, uh, you know, practice social distancing and try to do something where we could incorporate an actual uh, viewing of these games. And Claire and I were able to hang out and take in the 2016 semifinal and 2018 semifinal specifically. And we felt like we wanted to do those two um, games for this episode specifically because just they're two very specific semifinals within two very specific eras of Red Stars history. So they just felt kind of like the best one. So we will be speaking about these semifinals um, kind of holistically because there's a lot of them to get through. Uh, but you'll probably hear us taking deeper dives in 2016 and in 2018. And uh, we'll obviously talk about how they ended their semifinal run in 2019. Um, but to get to the good stuff, you got to get through the bad stuff first. And the 2015 semifinal, guys, it was a bad one. It was not not great. You had a young rookie squad with a couple <laughs> couple of sprinkle of veterans yeah, in there. Yeah. Uh, finally make their way through and punch through to a semifinal. It was the first time ever the Red Stars hosted a home semifinal, and they uh, it was a big deal. So they took it out of uh, Benedictine, and they moved that into Bridgeview and uh, made sure that Fox Sports was, you know, at that facility to broadcast the game. And they went head-to-head with reigning champions FC Kansas City, and uh, they end, they went on to, to lose that game by, by three yeah, goals. It quite was badly. 0 guys. And uh, just to refresh anyone's memory or uh, not refresh or just tell you what the lineup was because you don't want to go back and take a look at it, on that day the Red Stars lined up as followed. They had Michelle Dalton, Nett, Taryn Hemmings, uh, Julie Johnson, Abby Ersig, Aaron uh, Gilliland, 
uh, riding out the back line there. You had Alyssa Motts, Danny Colaprico, Vanessa DiBernardo, Lori Kolupni, Jen Hoy, and Kristen Press rounding out the starting 11. And, uh, you know, this was a team that year. You know, we've talked about this 2015 season and, and these players specifically on a number of episodes during this rewatch series of ours, Claire. And, um, you know, I think getting to that moment for them was kind of one of those things that you just have to knock down. It was just like a, a step that you had to take within your club's history. Even if it didn't go the way they wanted it, it was like something that you still just sort of felt had to happen. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about this more, especially in the context of 2016. Um, but though, <laughs> so the Chicago Red Stars have, um, you know, they've been to uh, a semifinal, an NWSL semifinal five times. Um, two of those times, uh are easier games to shake off 2015 and 2017 2015 um they did a great job getting there uh and i love also the funny thing about that is if you talk to if you talk to rory i think rory even said it on the podcast with us or even if you talk to arnhem like they just understand that the first half hour of that game was an unmitigated disaster it was just the worst thing that's ever happened and um and then in, in that way, it's a little bit easy just to be like, well, we tried and we really messed up real bad uh, and we're going to do better next time. Um, so, yeah, definitely a learning experience. Um, we've talked about this a little bit before. Really bad individual errors at the beginning of the game that were really pounced on. Um, Michelle Dalton had a rough go of it. Abby Ursag had a rough go of it. And it, they this also, I think, um, as you said, was the beginning of the Red Stars beginning to realize that they have to raise their mental game too. Um, it's not enough to be like young and hungry. It's like you have to really be ready for what other NWSL teams are going to throw at you in a playoff structure. Um, because another thing that we kind of talked about when we were watching these other games are that playoff games are, are hard. They're bad. They're frequently not that great of games. Um, playoff soccer is kind of a weird thing. I, I love it. I really do. But it's its own, it's its own monster. Um, and it's taken the Red Stars a little bit to, uh, to understand that. And so I think just getting really stomped by FC Kansas City in 2015 um, felt like an anomaly of a loss, but was definitely an important experience for them to go through. Yeah, hundred percent. And shout out to FC Kansas City. You know, this this was 2015, so you're talking about a league at the time that was in its third season. You know, two years away from its inaugural season, and the concept of um, having these playoff games when they happen, these semifinal matches in, in this league specifically and how maybe we see them and they're not always whatever, the prettiest soccer, whatever, you know, nouns and verbs and adjectives that you want to use to describe that. Um, for whatever reason, they go that way. But on this day, just to show a little love to FC Kansas City, I mean, it was absolutely their experience, even though it was such a young league, it was only two, three seasons, but you know, they were reigning champions. They had gone through a round of playoffs. They had won a championship. They'd had one under their belts. Um, and they did it against at the time, what was the greatest women's soccer team in NWSL history, Seattle rain FC. And, um, that absolutely, that absolutely showed all the way through within this match. I mean, Rory joked about it on the interview that we had with him, you know, just last month and that you only needed to watch the 30 minutes and it's really all they needed. And um, it 
the goals in which how they happen, like some of them were on some real embarrassing errors, you know, getting exposed and in front of large audiences. And uh, that really forces you into some uncomfortable positions. And you just really saw just kind of uh, the end really, really, really early. It's hard for a young team to maybe come back from that, you know, and, uh, and we saw that and they didn't. And FC Kansas City went ahead and, and they became back-to-back champions on, on this year. So I think uh, to segue into 2016, a match that we actually watched and, and we actually had some moments of enjoyment watching it, even though it did bring back uh, a lot of pain, but just to sort of segue what, what comes out of moments of defeat like that, right? The Red Stars went into 2016 like we have to address some shit. Yeah. And they did, you know, um, in that off season, they went out and they got a move for a goalkeeper. They went and they got a listener. You know, they we talked about how they, they brought Casey short back home. You know, they, they shored up that defensive line. They went ahead and tried to play a little bit more sophisticated soccer, maybe not so much even sophisticated soccer, but just they played soccer as if they had been playing together for a little while. They were more comfortable with each other on the pitch throughout various games during that 2016 season. So there were a number of things that you saw different in that 2016 roster, which included, you know, a number of those, those new, those new faces. Um, and I would even include like a player like a uh, Taylor Kumo, yeah. um, you know, who ended up getting in the starting this match. And, um, you know, for 2016, I'll jump into the the starting lineups for everyone. This this was the the second semifinal that the Red Stars uh, lost. They ended up losing 2-0 in a, an extra time against the Washington Spirit. 2-1, right? 2-1. You said 2-0. Oh, my bad. 2-1. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, 2-1 um, against Washington Spirit on this day. And they had lined up as a follow to to start this match. Uh, they had Alyssa Nair, Nett, Aaron Gill, and Julie, Julie Johnson, Sam Johnson, and Casey Short to run out the back line. They had Taylor Como, Danny Colaprico, Sophia Huerta, and uh, Vanessa DiBernardo to run out the mid. And they had Kristen Press and Kara Walls getting the start on this game. And I know I had mentioned already some of the moves and things that they did to try to address the areas to make their team better. And one of those was also a midseason trade for Stephanie McCaffrey, which we have talked about a little bit on various episodes um, in this rewatch series. And on this semifinal, unfortunately, um, kind of shortly after her arrival and kind of lighting things up and sparking up some new exciting offense for the Red Stars, Stephanie McCaffrey had picked up a bit of a knock going into this semifinal. And she unfortunately was on a minute's restriction and was unable to, to get the start. So coming off of that final regular season game, it looked like Kara Walls sort of did enough or showed enough to her coaches that she ended up getting the start in this semifinal match uh, over a player like uh, Jen Hoy. Uh, uh, so, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. So I just, uh, it was an interesting lineup to, to say the least. I think looking at that line I know on that day just sort of going back and remembering and looking at it I'm like this is still a very capable lineup man like you can go on the road and win against the spirit in kind of crappy conditions because we talked about that too real windy and real rainy yeah it was it was not not a conducive day really for for a soccer game it was pretty wet and pretty windy but the other thing that I had forgotten is that this was like a replay of Chicago in Washington's regular season finale um, in that they had just played each other and um, Chicago had won. Chicago had won like three to one. Uh, they had handled Washington pretty much completely. Um, 
before the beginning of the postseason. So there was there was a reason to be confident against the Spirit because uh, they had just played them really well. Though we also know the psychology of that can also turn the table a little bit. You can get in your own head about the fact that you're playing a team that you just beat. Um, and it's also easy for a team who just got beat in the regular season to flip that. So it's, uh, it was, I think, a complicated thing mentally. And yeah, I think maybe just talking about the progression of the team going into this game, and this maybe takes us into the beginning of the game itself, um, is that Chicago was finally at the point, I think, where their roster was strong enough that they didn't need everyone to have a good game to be a good team. And so they were finally at the point where um, they had some room to work things out. Um, I wouldn't describe their style as, you know, the most sophisticated kind of soccer, but you had people making a lot of different runs. You had people stretching the defense. Um, and I think that that allowed for, it just felt like more of a team, basically what was Sandra was saying. It's uh, it was more of a team effort and it, it meant that you could have kind of a middling performance, um, and they could still do quite well. Um, I don't know if you want to give the Washington lineup before we jump into the first half. You know what? We have to, I think, because (laughs) I know that we had gone into watching this match and we were like, man, we still kind of, parts of us in the back of our brain are still kind of like, man, we can't believe the rest of us didn't win this game. Yeah. You know, but as we kind of dive back into it, I was like, man, I really enjoyed watching this Washington spirit team play. It was a good spirit team. Played in 2016. They were a lot of fun to watch and uh, on this day on the semifinal they lined up uh, against the Red Stars <clears throat> excuse me they had on the pitch Kelsey Weiss, Caprice Adasco, Shalina Zadorsky, Whitney Church, Ellie Krieger, Tori Huster, uh, Crystal Dunn, Christine Naren, Joanna Lohman, Estefania Banini, shout out and Francisca Ortega to round out their starting 11 and honestly looking at that starting 11 we were like man that's spirit squad yeah we miss, we miss us some Banini we miss us some Franny I know it was yeah. a good team. It was a good team. Um, it was a good team, but also I'm still not convinced that they were significantly better than the Red Stars were that year. Um, they were a fun team. They just had a really fun personality and, um, yeah, just some really strong players in that squad. Um, and then, yeah, I just think, like, it was the first time the Spirit had made it to the postseason in the NWSL era, so they were kind of up and coming. They were – you know, I think they were really up for it that day. And I think it was interesting. It was interesting to hear on the broadcast at the beginning of this game, um, how the narrative, at least on the TV broadcast was like, Chicago has to banish the demon of 2015. And we're like, Oh honey, they're not gonna. Um, (laughs) and, uh, and, and so I was like, it's recontextualized in four years of playoff losses you don't think of it as feeling quite so dire, but uh, Chicago doesn't play that well in the first half. And it kind of seems like it's because they're a little bit freaked out. Dude. I, I rem- we're going through this rewatch guys. We're having a good time. You know, we're taking in the sun and the, you know, the air and everything and the sounds of the city and watching this game and 20 minute Mark hits. And we're like, wow, nothing is happening. And the soccer isn't super great. And um, I think there's going to be a little bit of lax play coming up. And then sure enough, the rest, the Red Stars uh, get caught. And uh, the 36th minute, there is a bit of a set piece played into the box. And Ellie Krieger gets the head on it, who just sort of comes flying out of nowhere, not exactly marked. 
and puts the spirit up one zero in the 36th minute. And we were like, well, that was dumb. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Washington had the momentum going into that goal. Um, the set piece was a product of, of good sustained pressure from them. Um, the goal itself was very silly. Uh, unfortunately, Vanessa DiBernardo lost Allie Krieger and Krieger didn't even really have to jump that much to get her head on that ball. Uh, yeah. And it was, the thing I will say is this though, is that they give up that goal after really not playing that well for at least about 20, 25 minutes. And, but it didn't feel quite like it did in 20, well, 2017, it was like at the end of the game, but, um, uh, it still felt like that didn't mess them up mentally too much. It was more just like, they're just like, okay, plan a is not working. Clearly we're a little bit zonked out. Jill Ellis was at that game and like, she was looking at all of the red stars prospects like Gilliland and Huerta and Colaprico. And, and I think they were, it seemed like they were a little bit stressed out. And um, so I think for them, it was a lot of just like, okay, we didn't play that well, but Hey, they're only up by one. So let's get into halftime and let's regroup. Um, and so that's kind of what I mean about this game. This game's so heartbreaking because, and this is also how soccer works and especially how playoff soccer works. We see this in the world cup all the time. Um, teams lose games because of tiny little things, right? They lose games because the ball goes wide or they lose games because it hits the post or they lose games because of the tiny things. But the reason that Chicago had to worry about the tiny things in the second half was because they kind of messed around in the first half. And so it's this whole thing of, yes, we're about to talk about them coming back and how amazing that was but it happened because they came out a little bit not even timid just like scattered is maybe a better word um i think so, so. Yeah. yeah i think uh it was funny watching the semifinal and you and i both knowing the outcome that was going to happen and yet somehow still doing like some good old-fashioned like armchair coaching yeah and, i really believe like, guys them, honestly <laughs> We're like, you guys, I'm rooting for you. You just got to get to that locker room, yeah, you guys. Right. Regal, <laughs> like, you pull turn, it together. Turn it around, fam. Yeah. Turn it around. Uh, and it was just so funny just, just knowing that it was just like moot. They were just like, come on. And uh, it was, you know, re watching that second half specifically, um, seeing how they responded basically to their lack of play, really. You know, whatever plan A was, it wasn't really coming together in that first half as as we both mentioned and in the second half you just saw the red stars really kind of be like well no like now we've got a bit of playoff experience we know what it is to play in a semifinal it was their first time playing a semifinal away but this was a team where they had sort of had a number of games right under their belt where they have kind of had gone toe to toe and it kind of matched up against each other somewhat well especially in terms of their their midfields kind of being more you know, agile and or physical and just sort of looking at the players in those individualized matchups. And you could really sort of tell that come around the 60th minute, the Red Stars really, for lack of a better word, just stopped fucking around. Yeah. And you saw sure. some, you saw a yellow card got pulled out on the spirit because they were kind of like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? Stephanie McCaffrey got subbed on in the 65th minute. You and I made some noises. We were very excited about that uh, to see the type of width and the type of uh, playmaking that she was going to start providing, and she did. Um, you saw the midfield kind of wake up a little bit for the Red Stars and shift and change and press a little bit. And uh, it was great to sort of 
see this happening. And even though the time was winding down, you just still felt like the Red Stars were going to score at any minute. And then they did. You saw the midfield, like I said, wake up. You saw, you know, Huerta and McCaffrey start pressing. And then you got Casey Short on the end of a ball, a player who has had to battle against the narrative that she doesn't go forward or attack enough, get on the end of this ball, serve in, just lob it up, and Kristen presses there to do what she does, and she puts it away, and the Red Stars equalized in the 81st minute of the semifinal. Yeah, um, it was a great goal, and this is, this is, I mean, exactly what Sandra said. They played so much better in the second half. They pressed, they reasserted themselves in the midfield. Um, they looked a lot less concerned about what the other team was doing and actually decided to play their game a little bit. Um, we were laughing in the first half about how it seemed like they were just playing zone defense the whole time. It's like, you're not a basketball team, but um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then the other thing I want to say real quick too, is that um, I don't want to get through this game without highlighting um, how magnificent Crystal Dunn was in this game. Talking about individual performances, man. And, yeah. And that's also where it's so silly that that, that the goal that Washington actually got in regulation, she was not a part of because she, she was lighting Chicago's defense up and also, but like in a way where in a way Chicago was doing a bend, not break. They were really trying not to bring her down in the box. They were like, we'll let her zoom, zoom, zoom around us. We'll try to leave her with low quality shots. Um, but yeah, uh, Johnston versus Dunn in this game was wonderful. Um, and, but I think also it indicates where these teams are close to each other in, in talent level in that because Chicago was able to do a bend, not break, um, neutralization of done, uh, Washington had some trouble finding their plan B actually. And so I think that that's part of what made this game so good was that you had a team not play that well, absorb pressure, did concede a goal come back in the second half, start applying their own pressure, and then force the other team to find their plan B. And Washington struggled with that. Um, and yeah, that ultimately is what led to um, Chicago's equalizer. And this is where God hates the Chicago Red Stars. Because yes, Kristen Press hits the post. They had three yeah. really high percentage shot opportunities at the end Absolutely. of this game. Stephanie McCaffrey got on the end of a couple. You had Crystal Dunn get uh, – not Crystal uh, Kristen Press go ahead and get one before that pull shot. You had Vanessa DiBernardo with an absolute – Yeah. Like, just opportunity in front of her didn't yeah. happen. And what everyone remembers, unfortunately, is that 90-minute-plus uh, stoppage time, I believe it was the 92nd minute of yeah. stoppage time, where Kristen Press – drags <laughs> just drags what she does what she does she went ahead and dragged some folks got a really good shot open she net open net and the shot hit the post and that's yeah. really what everyone remembers and it's an, a really unfortunate because the red stars had a number of times in which yeah. they could put that game away in the yeah. final really the final six minutes yep. of this match and uh, i do remember in sort of covering this match, I'd covered it remotely. I did not make the trip to Washington at this time, but being able to have access to the game, you know, being able to watch it and having really good people on the ground in DC, really, who were at the game and covered it themselves. And I remember um, 
being able to have access to like some post game scrum audio and they had Rory Dames in a little bit for scrum and he had gone on record in post match just sort of kind of lighting people up knowing that they were going to harp on Kristen Press and kind of the year that she's had and the fact that she missed off the post and he kind of went to bat uh for for his player because what ended up happening was they went into overtime the rest are unfortunately didn't convert and they ended up going into extra time, which the rule at the time is, you know, have the two periods of overtime. And uh, if there's a winner, great. If not, penalty kicks. And uh, you just really felt going into that extra time, the Red Stars had, had all of the momentum. I mean, they were on the road. They had equalized late. You know, you'd had the home team feeling the pressure, really. Uh, but you had a spirit team similar to the Red Stars that had a number of players that had already played together for a number of seasons, were familiar with their movement. And that goal that they ended up getting to pull ahead of the Red Stars was a wonderful, wonderful, really good goal. Yeah. One of the, probably one of the best semifinal goals in NWSL history. I mean, it, it, I think I made a joke when we were watching it. I was like, Oh my God, like 15 players touched that ball. And there's not even 15 players on the pitch. It just felt like it went through everybody except Crystal Dunn. And uh, it ended up being Franny Ordega who was there on the end of it with a right-footed shot and able to just sneak it past Alyssa Nair. And that happened uh, in the 111th minute. And a number of substitutions were made for the Red Stars. And uh, we saw Vanessa DiBernardo have to go out with an injury. It was so sad. I think we knew at that moment back then in 2016, and even upon this rewatch, we were like, well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> like, yeah. if Vanessa is dead, then yeah. the rock stars are dead. <laughs> yeah. And um, it just, it was a lot to take in. And we were just, we were just still sort of like, wow, man, that was a journey. It was a ride, but really kind of can't, it's hard to believe even now that the Red Stars just were not able to, to capitalize on that. But that's soccer, baby. That's soccer. That's playoff yeah. soccer. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm definitely, I've always been a big advocate for home and away playoff structure for the semifinal um, for a lot of different reasons, but uh, certainly there's nothing better than a one game knockout for drama, um, especially when it's like this one, but, but yeah, it's um, it was a good game. I, I mean, I think Sandra and I both feel very strongly that it is probably the best semifinal Chicago ever played. 2018 might, be up there a little bit though 2018 man them letting that second goal in kind of you know that yeah. whatever we'll get there but um uh yeah and and, and I, it it definitely i think it it challenges the narrative that the red stars don't believe in themselves in the semifinal because that's not what happened in this game um yeah they had a they had a bad first half but then you could see them realize that if they actually implemented some things and executed on them they would have success and I know that's like such a simple thing to say but it changed it just completely changed the momentum of the game and yeah I mean important to highlight Stephanie McCaffrey in that as well um because if you need someone who's going to come onto your team and just like be like guys we can win this yeah right (laughs) (laughs) come on it's her um and so yeah so yeah that game is it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking it's um I'm also sad that the team that won that game didn't win the whole thing I feel bad for the spirit yes I will only add on to that and you and I going through this rewatch and discussing that and me kind of diving back into my place and my role and covering this team at the time uh having to cover the semifinal remotely get 
still being able to kind of report a bit on Rory and what he talked about with Kristen Press and his team and the strides that they had made in 2016 and how despite them losing, like really you could, it was palpable. You felt the, the tide kind of shift for them a little bit in that 2016 season. And then to sort of go on, I had plans to just attend the final because I like to think that the NWSL championship should be an event. It should be something that people want to experience. Um, and I made the commitment to go to Houston. Uh, I have a good time whenever I go to Houston. It's a cool city. And I was like, yeah, let's do this. So having gone to Houston and covered the final, watching that final, knowing the semifinal that had just occurred from the spirit, it was, I just, they were going to win the championship. They were going to win. And then they didn't. And uh, having covered the Red Stars that entire season, kind of paying attention to FC Kansas City and Spirit as well as secondary teams to kind of keep an eye on and seeing how they played. And to be quite honest, seeing how Western New York and their lack of play against that team, you just kind of were like, yeah, the Red Stars would have wrecked some shit up on this day if they got to the front. Yeah, I mean – Paul Riley plays mind games, but to this day, he does say that um, he doesn't ever let his team feel good about that win. <laughs> yeah. He, like, a- he immediately after he happened, he was like, I don't know how that happened. I don't know what went yeah. down on that field. Uh, you guys earned it, but did you really? And that <laughs> honestly was like the basis of them turning into the courage and going on the run that they've been on is that he was like, you can't, yes, of course, revel in this, but yeah. You have to be so much better if you want this success to continue. And so, yeah, I think um, it's safe to say that if anything, that transformed them into who they were today. Right. We're talking about moments that are transformative for teams, and and that was theirs. But yeah, shout out to that, shout out to that 2016 squad, man. Yeah, they really, uh, they really gave uh, Red Stars fans some moments during that season. And um, we'll put that to a close and transition into 2017. And um, it's good to – it feels good to be able to maybe talk a little bit about this semifinal coming off of the episode that you and I just did. Right. Sort of uh, going through and recapping the era of Kristen Press as a Red Star because this semifinal is kind of what ended her tenure um, with this team. Um, decisions were made, basically, after this semifinal occurred. And in 2017, um, the Red Stars found themselves in their third consecutive semifinal and they went up against North Carolina courage and it was going to be a semifinal that was once again on the road. And a lot of the narrative that was built up into this semifinal, I remember was covering it. Just a lot of it was the fact that the Red Stars, number one, first and foremost, number one, that the North Carolina courage, even going back then in this kind of inaugural season as the courage that were dope that they were putting together phenomenal wins. They, they were playing some snipey left and right soccer. Like the, all the tropes that we know of the courage now were happening in 2017. They were beginning then. And for some reason, the Red Stars were their kryptonite. They had had three regular series. Like they had dropped, you know, a number of games against them and, that the Red Stars, even though they were on the road, probably had a bit of uh, advantage over them. And again, to echo Paul Riley, definitely used that to his advantage uh, in terms of his team and coaching them up on that day, uh, the infamous underdogs. So for the Red Stars, there were a lot of things around them, centered around them in terms of different narratives and storylines heading into this semifinal. And on this day, they lined up as followed. 
They had Alyssa Nairnett, Aaron Gillen, Katie Naughton, Julie Johnson, and Casey Short. No, Sam Johnson, excuse me, and Casey Short to round out the back line. And they had Julie Ertz, Annie Colaprico, Sofia Huerta, Vanessa DiBernardo to round out their mid. And Jen Hoy and Kristen Price to round out the top line. So in this semifinal, because now we have to talk about this semifinal is sort of the beginning of a playoff history between these two teams specifically. And this is the start of that. And I think as we talk a bit about this semifinal and we talk about the 2018 semifinal and maybe even touch a bit on the championship final, that something changed for the Red Stars when they go up against North Carolina Courage. And that big thing was Julia to the midfield. Right. Um, when you see the Red Stars go against North Carolina Courage and you go through the highlights of them winning or getting points against them in their series, it's because Julie Ertz is in the mid. And on this day, both of these teams played real bad. Yeah, it wasn't a great game. Both of these teams we're scared of each other for that was whatever. Probably the, that's probably the worst. That's probably the worst North Carolina's ever played in. It was not a good season. semifinal. Yeah. Want to talk about things that were touted ahead of this game? Another one of those storylines going into this game was that everyone thought that this semifinal was going to rule. Yeah, they were like, yeah. "Oh, this is going to be sick." These two teams got like history between them. Uh, they match up well. Blah blah blah. Right? No, it was a real flop. This semifinal was a flop. Yeah. Danny Colaprico went on record post game in this game talking about that the Red Stars didn't show up and it was a flop. Like it just, it was not great down it, to the 90th minute. <laughs> it felt like a season opener rather than a season closer. It's like, that's how you play North Carolina when you play them for the first game of your season and you want to like draw, you know? Um, but, and I guess that obviously that is a tactic in playoff soccer you defend, 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 you pick your choices, all of that sort of stuff. Um, there's a reason Chicago didn't play North Carolina like that the following year. There's a reason they didn't play Portland like that in 2019. And there's a reason that they were not going to play North Carolina like that. Also in 2019, they had a big injury that got in the way of what they wanted to do there. So um, yeah. I think that we talk about learning experiences. 2017 was rough in a different way than 2016 in that, and again, I'm editorializing. I was not on the field. Uh, it didn't feel like the belief was there. And I think that that that's a scary moment, I think, for a locker room. Because you're like, wow, we made it all this way and then we didn't show up. Why did that happen? And you could talk, we talked a little bit in the last episode about Chicago's plateau into the 2017 postseason. I think that is mentally very taxing when you're like breaking through a wall um, and you can't. I think that um, it was also just some really shitty luck that that ball hit Julie Ertz's hip or whatever and sent Alyssa Nair the wrong way, Denise O'Sullivan. Um, it was a shot from distance. Chicago, that also means that the game plan was working. And it just – but you can't absorb pressure for a whole game and expect to win it that way, um, or at least not you know comfortably. So yeah, absolutely. That that yeah. first half was real hard uh, to get through. Um, it just looked again on both sides of the ball. It was like, what are either of you 
trying to do and how are you trying to outplay each other and it was it was funny because i mean at some point i mean you had the courage they they clowned chicago coming into this game they were like well we're just gonna play around them because they play good old-fashioned narrow shit kicking diamond and we're just gonna go around them you know and uh, they try to do that in fairness to them they try to do it. they had you know Jalen hinkle and, and taylor smith as their outside backs and and on the day for all the kind of lack like not so blockbuster soccer one of the things that people had really admired was that individual battle between Casey Short and Taylor Smith all day. Um, Taylor Smith trying to, to penetrate and work the flank and Casey Short having to shut that down. But in that sense, it kind of took away a player like Casey Short for the Red Stars because she had had to be so tasked all of a sudden with kind of, um, you know, controlling a player like that and, and her playmaking ability. So it was a rough uh, Rough first half indeed. Um, again, you want to believe that things got a little bit better in the second half. Uh, not phenomenally, but maybe just just a little bit minor. Again, uh, one of the things coming into this semifinal, this second half specifically, along with all of those other storylines I've mentioned already, you know, Yuki Nagasato was a signing for this team in 2017. And she had gotten a limited amount of minutes with this team she had gotten a limited amount of time with them same with morgan bryan and they just were unable to contribute on this day Um, yugi nagasato had been nursing an injury and eventually came into the second half in the 57th minute for jen hoy but it was all just very small very minor i mean you could tell re-watching this game that kristen press had be taxed with a very very specific role and she was just never given the ball. It was, it's heartbreaking to really think about and watch at that. One of the greatest goal scorers in Red Stars history and kind of the performance that was left on that field that day. I mean, it's hard to make, create anything when you don't really have the ball. So uh, it, it was frustrating to say the least, right? To sort of go back and go through that. And uh, even more tragic, like you said, Claire, to sort of have them, go out the way that they did, you know, on a 89th minute goal for the home side. Yeah. um, Uh, It was shocking. It was shocking. It was absolutely shocking. And they couldn't believe it. It was devastating. It was completely devastating. Um, They couldn't couldn't believe it. It it also, it's, you know, we had, we didn't talk about this. We're probably, I mean, we've run out of time. Um, It sucks that this was Sofia Huerta's last playoff game with this team too. Um, Yeah. You know, that saga a little bit, it's too soon to talk about, I think, in this context. I think that maybe if Sandra and I are still doing this in a couple of years, who knows, uh, we, with a little bit more time, um, you know, there are more conversations to have about that. But um, watching that 2016 semifinal and watching Cuerta work so hard to try to make stuff happen, um, and this is, we'll talk about this in 2018. I was just like, man, I, she was a great, she was a great red star. Um, yeah. And the way that that went down uh, was sad. And it just also just adds to kind of the tragedy of 2017 being such a bummer um, that that was her last postseason appearance um, with this team and her last postseason appearance uh, in general and so far. And I just think that that's uh that's the way it goes sometimes, but it's, uh, it's a bummer. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think it's easy to maybe look back to this semifinal and like, look at where the red stars now and some of the cool things that came out of it. Like, you know, 
knowing just having another season, right? Having another year where you knew that Casey Short was just the shit, man. She was just the shit. Like you had a very special player at the outside back position there. You know, Julie Ertz was reincarnated in, you know, in 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 the midfield. You know, they had made a move for players like Yuki Nagasato and they made a move for a player like Morgan Bryan and what that could look like in the future for them, you know? So it's, uh, it almost felt like a very transitional season and, you know, maybe a semifinal loss in 2017 was maybe almost kind of a, a bit of another transitional moment for them as well. Cause when they went into 2018, the Red Stars uh, had some different ideas and they just started kind of a new era coming out of that, um, you know, which didn't include players like, like Kristen Press and ultimately didn't include a player like uh, Sam Johnson or Sofia Huerta or, or, or Taylor Camo. So uh, a shift had, had changed. A button had been pushed again, so to speak, right? A reset button. So for 2018, you know, during this uh, rewatch series, we've, stayed within a very specific era we haven't actually we told ourselves that we weren't really going to jump into uh the sam kerr era per se because it was still very fresh and it's you know still kind of current for people and we really wanted to dedicate a portion of our time and energy towards times and games and eras that weren't necessarily documented the best out there online and we wanted to be a source for that so to just chat a little bit about 2018 to help set up this final semi-final that we're going to be discussing for you all um, you know, the Red Stars went another transformation. There was a big draft day that happened, even though they didn't have a number of really high draft picks. They went out and they got a number of players, uh, like somebody like uh, Emily Boyd. They went in and they made a big, big trade. That was the, the headline of the day that everybody walked away with, with the three-team trade between Chicago, Houston, and New Jersey that had sent a number of players to a number of different teams. And for Chicago, that meant saying goodbye to a number of uh, – you know, picks and players themselves, you know, that was the end of, uh, you know, Jen Hoy's time with the Red Stars as well. And at that point, she had been one of the the longer term, uh, you know, uniform Red Stars and she had gone to New Jersey and that meant the arrival of Sam Kerr and the rock star Nikki Stanton. So it was just a new time for the Red Stars. And um, that included a roster going into 2018 with a player like Sofia Huerta and players like Taylor Camo, Sam Johnson. And um, then the Red Stars went through some things that season, and they had to hit a reset button, and uh, it happened. And there was another multi-team trade that occurred with Chicago, Houston, and Utah um, that we now know included the rights to a young legend in Tierna Davidson. And Chicago went ahead were able to get that draft pick and then be able to lock her up. Uh, but that meant saying goodbye to – um, a 2015 legend. You know, we talked about that draft class during this rewatch series, and that meant uh, Sofia Huerta um, was going to Houston with Taylor Camo, and Samantha Johnson was going to Utah for a future pick and uh, the arrival of the president, Brooke Elby. Um, right. So the wrestlers went through a number of things in this time. They had got new players to start up the year and then they got another new player and said goodbye to some former players, you know, in the middle of the season, which for some teams could be real detrimental, but for the Red Stars, it was absolutely a bit of renewed energy going forward from that mid-season trade. Yeah. And this was also the beginning of um, 
true Chicago Red Star Morgan Bryan. Um, that was the other piece to the puzzle here was that Morgan Bryan was coming back from France and the Red Stars had her rights. And um, as we understand it, she was not allocated. And so part of this was making room for Morgan Bryan and not just making room for the Morgan Bryan that was coming back from France, but making room for the Morgan Bryan that they knew she could be and that she was committed to being. And um, she, you know, she's, you guys all know this, even just as part of club culture, she is a huge part of this team now. Um, and at the time, it seemed like a little bit of a flyer to say, this is the player that we want to be one of the core members of this squad. Um, and we're, we're big fans of Morgan Bryan on this podcast. We think she's a really good soccer player and, and she um, brings something to the Red Stars uh, that is different and uh, interesting. So yeah, so that, that, that was just the other piece that I wanted to put in there too, is that Morgan Bryan was also a big reason why uh, the middle of the 2018 season shook the Red Stars up so much. You know, it was a, it, they were all huge moves. And uh, I think for a lot of people out there, maybe they don't, if they don't realize it, we're here to tell you, it is, there were moves that happened in, tw- in the year of 2018 that have shaped what is sort of now the current Red Stars, that the ones that you're paying attention to and the ones that you're, uh, you know, have, have plans to maybe watch, you know, in this upcoming tournament. And um, for this semifinal, Again, similar narratives kind of coming out of prior years. You know, the Red Stars having really good individual performances and really good regular season appearances and matchups against this North Carolina Courage squad. That was a thing that was still there. Um, You know, you had a Courage team that had a really just – they were touting a real stingy defense, you know, and you had a number of players in, in the talks for, you know, first, second 11s and defensive players of the year, right? And people were assuming it was going to be a toss-up between Urseg and, and Dal Kemper. You know, they just were a good team. You know, they they built on what they did in 2017 and became even more fierce. So even though the Red Stars kind of had their number, so to speak, you know, there was still a level of, like, this is still a really, really, really good team. And, of course, when we're talking about this 2018 semifinal we 100 absolutely percent cannot forget to talk about the drainage derby. Uh, the Red Stars ended up a hurricane. Playing... <laughs> the Red Stars ended up playing this semifinal against the North Carolina Courage in Portland. So shout out to Portland. Um, shout out to you know Thorns owner. You know Mayor Paulson actually helped make that happen. There was a lot of discussion about everything going on with the hurricane that was happening in 2018 and there was a constant there was it came a joke a little bit of a running joke that there was a constant monitoring of the situation in North Carolina and um, it ultimately came down to coaches not forcing players to put their lives in jeopardy and it really is sad because it wasn't until all of that sort of came to light that finally it felt like Amanda Duffy and the league were going to try to figure something out Um, that people had to express literal like fear in doing certain things and certain travels. So it was real unfortunate because uh, you had the courage go on uh, just a legendary run 
in the season. Um, just historic, historic run. And they had earned the right to host the home semifinal. And that really was taken away from them. I'm not going to yeah, try to yeah. sugarcoat it and say that it wasn't. It was. It was taken away from them. And uh, it had to quickly be repackaged and moved. It was taken uh, it took away place from on them. Tuesday. It took place yeah, on a yeah. Tuesday. It ended up having to reschedule and everything. So location, facility, date. Everything was was changed. So uh, it, it was a lot. It was heavy, everything going into the semifinal. Um, yeah, I mean, the the only thing I was just going to add was it was taken away from them and given uh, to a fan base that does not like them very much. Um, and, you know, part of rewatching 2018 was just being like, yeah, like, you know, some, some people in Portland really showed up for the Red Stars uh, in that 2018 semifinal. It's on a Tuesday night. It had only been rescheduled like that like five days prior like something crazy that was a terrible week I hated that week so much um and the level of uncertainty that was allowed by the league front office um was indefensible honestly they needed to make a decision earlier um I'm glad no one got hurt uh you know I I you know if you're looking for like quality in that you know North Carolina got the championship the following year so like they got that back. Um, so, but yeah, so the, the Portland fans, they were like Chicago Red Stars fans for a day. And yeah. that was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Um, you know, the rescheduling of the rescheduling of that semifinal kind of kicked some things in gear for me as someone who was covering the Red Stars that season and um, had moving it to a Tuesday. Again, someone who had had plans to cover the final in general, you know, whoever was going to be in it I thought you know if I'm already going to Portland let me really try to go to Portland so this was actually the very first semifinal that I got to cover for the Red Stars in person in on the road ironically and uh it was the the sight and the sounds like on that day were really kind of dope uh I can't deny that Portland is a team that enjoys uh women's soccer and on a Tuesday, they managed to get 5,000 people out to watch two teams that were not relevant to their city. Yep. Uh, just wanted to come out there and watch the game and support the game. And uh, it was very cool to be there as, as media. And it was nice to – it got a lot of love. Like, Chicago got a lot of love. I got a lot of love. Um, it was really cool to, uh, to see that. There were some real people who were honestly and sincerely rooting for them on that day and wanted yeah. – really wanted to see like a potential like Chicago Red Stars uh, matchup. And um, when this day finally came on a Tuesday, uh, the Red Stars found themselves uh, lined up as follows. The starting lineup on this day, Alyssa Nair and Nett, Aaron Wright, Julie Ertz, Katie Naughton, Casey Short to round things out in the back line. And you had Alyssa Motts, Danny Colaprico, Morgan Bryan, Yuki Nagasato, and Sam Kerr to round out the starting eleven. Good stuff. Sam Kerr. I miss that bitch. <laughs> man, that bitch was a real one. She was a real one, man. It's like you just uh yeah. And and we'll talk about this at the end of the episode. Um, which is just, you know, you can't be missed if you never go away. And so we haven't even seen the Red Stars without her yet, but it's been enough time that you're just like, damn, that was such a good 18 months of just the best, the best bitch alive playing for that team. Um, yeah, you know, we talk, it's funny because like in these semifinals, we, 
we talked about like a player specifically like Steph McCaffrey, like coming on and like setting a tone and, and changing it up. And then fast forwarding to a semifinal in 2018, you had that in a player like Sam Kerr, like, yeah, she could score goals and she could assist her teammates, but she also brought a certain type of personality and a certain type of mentality and approach to the games, whether they were regular season or postseason games that were just kind of like, well, let's go fuck it up. Cause that's what we're going to do. And uh, it was a bit of a different tone than the red stars that I was used to hearing or seeing from the red stars coming into the semifinal, like the semifinals that I had covered prior to this, it was like, yes, we have unfinished business or yes, we're going to do our best. And yes. And it was completely different in this uh, 2018 semifinal. And yes, everybody to fast forward, they lost this semifinal. They lost it to zero against Carolina Courage. And they played some of the prettiest soccer that they did all year. And that's how good North Carolina Courage were to this day. Um, Yeah. And I mean, again, we go back into bad luck. They hit the post in the second minute. They hit the post in the eighth minute. Chicago does. Um, They come out swinging. They're like, we're going to get one early and we're going to make them chase us. And the ball didn't just quite ball didn't quite go in. It just didn't quite go the way they needed it to. And this is an ongoing thing again with, with playoff soccer, which is you have plan a, and then when plan a doesn't work, what do you do then? Um, and to win playoff soccer games, usually you kind of need plan A to work. That's how the U.S. won the World Cup last year, was plan A worked every time. Um, and, yeah, Chicago just didn't – they didn't get that break. Plan A worked in 2019. That's exactly what happened um, against Portland in 2019. So I think, um, yeah, they played with a confidence that was like night and day to 2017. Um, I think that they were heartened by the fact that people were cheering for them in Providence Park for the first time. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, they, they played really well. Um, North Carolina it was incredible. They were incredible that year. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's funny. We watched this game live, um, or we, we, we did a full rewatch of this one and I'm not sure... I'm not sure how much I even have to say about it other than just, you know, this was an, it was a, this was one, this was a, a playoff game that should have felt bad because Chicago played so well and still lost two to nothing. But in a way it was a playoff game that felt good because that was the first time I think because they do kind of have this reputation of being like the almost, but not quite theirs or like, are they truly one of the top elite teams in this league as opposed to being good enough to make the playoffs, but not real contenders. And I think, and we talked, we talked about this at the time. We talked about this all the time. North Carolina was shook by that game. Like they were like, Whoa, what the hell is this? Who are these people? Um, And I think that, even within that loss, that was the Red Stars finally kind of making good on becoming one of those top three teams. And we saw this throughout 2019 was that there were three teams and there were everybody else. And part of the progression of the Red Stars is going from there being two teams and everybody else. Now there are three. And I think that that is huge. It's important for the life of the club, honestly, um, 
to be in that conversation. So I think that that was my main takeaway of 2018. Um, yeah. Other than just obviously uh, feelings about 2019, which we we've gone through in depth, so we don't need to rehash them here. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I dude, you know me, I'm in agreement in everything that you just spit out right now. I know. And in remembering this season in particular, you know, you and I, had both worked at the same Red Stars desk for SB Nation. We were covering this team. You know, I went out to cover them in the semifinal. And you were, you know, really great with doing, you know, recaps and stuff like that. And being able to cover this team and, like, being on there and, like, even just talking to them post-match, spoke with Rory Dames, spoke with Casey Short, spoke with Sam Kerr. And it was so – it was so funny to be quite frank, to be the only Chicago media person covering the red stars in a sea of Portland folk who were covering two teams that they never cover and kind of being in a mix zone with Sam Kerr and hearing her joke about things and um, seeing that nobody knew how to interpret that, you know, and it just sort of, it, for me, it was just another day at the office, you know, and, and hearing Rory Dames actually put on record that, you know, it was a very transformative season for him. You know, he had gone on record in the post, uh, post game mix zone that this was a team that changed him. This was a team that he made himself more vulnerable in front of and changed the way that he coached a little bit. And uh, having somebody like Casey Short talk about the arrival of Sam Kerr and how in just a short time had become – like her best friend. It was just talking to these players, talking to them, talking to the player like Danny Colaprico, like talking to them, they did not sound like a team that had lost their fourth consecutive semifinal. They could not wait to get on the pitch in 2019. Um, so it was, yeah, it was another semifinal loss, um, but it just felt different than all of the other losses. And, you know, to just sort of, to close this out I mean again we're not gonna we said we weren't gonna get too into 2019 but we know what happened in 2019 um it just happened guys it was just last year and uh we were there to cover it some of you were there to take it in and they finally won one they finally won one and the Red Stars uh you know did a bit of a rewatch themselves that was really cool uh they had a number of coaches uh, owner Arnold Whistler a number of players do a bit of a twitch uh, a twitch rewatch for everyone um, and sort of talk about the game on that day. And, you know, they went up against Portland and slayed a few dragons and chased away a few demons. And, and they walked away with a semifinal win in front of their home, their home fans. And uh, it just felt like a real good arc. It felt like a real, real good arc. So shout out to them. That yeah. I mean, I think I, I just keep going back to um, just – this is literally what I said on the podcast after they won it last year, which is just, you know, the, the palpable joy on everybody's faces, obviously, but watching Danny Colaprico after that game and watching um, Vanessa Bernardo after that game um, or, you know, Julie Ertz is a consummate professional who is already thinking about North Carolina the moment that game ended, but even just those players that have put so much into this team. The other thing that happened in 2019, and maybe this is a, just a good thing to mention because we've been going through this history, a number of players hit their hundred caps. Some of them um, with the team alone, Danny Colaprico and Aaron Gilliland, Aaron Wright, 
both hit 100 caps. Every single one of those caps is with the Chicago Red Stars. Um, and, you know, it's – they – there's the thing is, is like, they're still not old. Chicago is not an old team, um, but they have gone through a lot and getting to have that experience and have it in front of the fans um, was, was wonderful. Um, and then I think, you know, to, to pivot out of the semifinal and into the final, which again, we've, we've gone over this in our first reactions to it, but um, to be completely honest, uh, Chicago got FC Kansas city again in the championship. Yep. How did they go back to square one? How did that happen? You know, how did they look so green and so new after this years long process to get to this point? Um, I don't know. I mean, that's kind of the thing that they've had to sit with for the last (sighs) forever. Um, And, and yeah, because Sandra and I were talking about this before we started, you know, uh, it's a different team this year. Um, but not same core, but, and also the thing is, is we still don't know if he's even going to be playing in this tournament. So we're not making any promises about that either. But um, I think it it's in the way that, you know, we've been in kind of this purgatory of the off season for so many months. Um, Chicago hasn't gotten to redeem themselves yet. You know, they've had to sit with this loss for such a long time. Um and kind of the soul searching that goes along with that. Um, Cause it was embarrassing. They got embarrassed. Uh, and they, while still being one of the best Chicago Red Stars teams of all time, if not the, so um, in the way that we've been talking about the history, you know, this definitely feels like there's a new, we're starting a new era, right? We're starting something new. Uh, and they're finally going to get to do that. Like I was literally like, well, I think the Chicago Red Stars will probably win at least one game this summer, and that's going to feel great, won't it? <laughs> it's going to feel like nothing else matters. That's yeah. how. That's how rough it is. I mean, it's it's I. You know, we're not the players, man. We're not going out there on that pitch and playing these games, so we don't have a fucking clue, guys. Yeah. But I got an inkling that it's got to feel kind of shitty to know that that's your last game and it's been your last game for so long. Yep. You technically haven't been able to get it out of your system, you know, and uh, I'm looking forward to that for them Um, and, you know, giving themselves that opportunity with some new faces and some new people who want to, continue the legacy and grow the culture right of, of the of the rest stars club so it's been real man um claire i just want to thank you too personally because you're my home girl um we covered a lot of games man we and did went, and went through a lot of years and saw some real bad soccer and some real bad streams um but it's so good to know that I had a partner to do this with and have someone want to go through all this bad stuff, you know, with me and talk about it. And I'm glad that everyone else has found these episodes to be interesting and maybe even informative. Um, and I appreciate everyone who's come along this ride with us. Uh, it feels good to have a number of episodes dedicated to documenting the red stars in this kind of historical sense Uh, and that feels dope and uh i know there's a lot going on right now for everybody everywhere but claire if people want to engage with you follow your work how can we do that yeah um you can find me on 
Twitter sometimes, uh, at Scout Ripley. Um, honestly, I think, um, you know, I, I ask, you know, for people to support the Patreon every, um, uh, you know, every time we do an episode, but, uh, since there are going to be things happening and things to cover, um, I, yeah, if we could really, I'm going to be like, to be completely honest, um, obviously this has been an immensely stressful time for everybody, um, when it comes to employment and safety and, stress levels and just all of that. And, um, I think a difficult thing for us now is to say, okay, and we're covering a soccer tournament. Um, because those traditional outlets aren't necessarily there or the ones that are, are imperfect. And so just the support of the Patreon is, is everything. Like that's honestly what keeps me doing this, that and my good friend, Sandra, like that's it. Um, and so I just, I, yeah, once again, have to thank everybody so much for sticking with us. Um, and just really know that like, that's, that's what keeps me doing this at this point. So, um, yeah, find us there. I just have to echo what Claire said. I mean, if you want to follow me and my shenanigans, you can do that on Twitter at Sandra underscore, um, Sometimes I tweet about soccer in between tweeting about this city that I love very much. Um, so if you're into those things, you can find me there. But just have to echo that. Um, we really do appreciate every single one of our subscribers and your support now that some soccer is going to be getting kicked off is immensely important um, to the work that we're trying to do here at Southside Track Podcast. So um, hopefully, if you're a new listener to this on, you know, public streams we hope that you like what you heard and you'll find it in your hearts to uh go ahead subscribe and support us and if not there's a number of ways that you can continue your support of the Southside Trap podcast the podcast that helps you stay on side with the chicago red stars and you can do that by following us on all social media channels on twitter instagram facebook at Southside Trap pod with one letter p and you can go ahead and listen to us on anchor on spotify on itunes so find us give us a like subscribe give us a rating and a review that stuff helps us out tremendously whenever we're trying to produce chicago red stars content so everyone out there continue to stay safe stay healthy wash your hands wash your everything black lives matter and we will see you guys soon